this is when you can start to say, well, I can't solve these problems in life, so I'm now going to try another way to chase a feeling, which then leads to drugs, alcohol, other avoidance. Avoidance is huge in this. I can't make the feeling go away, so I'm going to avoid the things that are giving me problems. When you do that, you tend to turn up the intensity of depression or the pain that you're feeling. Folks, welcome to Counselors Can Help. Let's demystify the process of counseling. We want to remove barriers, answer your questions, educate, entertain, and inspire you to action. Folks, welcome back to Counselors Can Help. Today we're talking about depression, as we mentioned in the show opening, and we're going to take it or advance it more specifically from the first show on depression. So uh, before we get into that, I'd like to uh, remind you to go to counselorscanhelp.com for my website that has resources that we talk about on the show, a way to find a counselor, and just other uh, really good information on there. So very proud of that website. Also remind you that unlike some podcasts where only the, the new shows are relevant, this is not the case. Every show on here is relevant. It's meant to stay green, as they call it. Um, it's meant to stay relevant to everyone who is interested in this show. And so don't forget to go back and look at old shows and see if the content or the name of the show is something relevant to you and, and have a listen. So that's how we designed the show. It's meant to be a library, if you will, that you can go to at any time. Also, very exciting is to promote a new series that we're about to start, which I'll talk about at the end of this show, may have a reappearance of someone you've heard before on this show. So excited about that. And we'll discuss how this will impact you and what the show will turn into, or at least a a major part of our series going forward at the end of this show. So to recap, the depression series, we've just had the one show on it. And Really, the first show was a lot of really basic information. What is it? What is depression? And a lot of ways that we would get in to restart your life, a lot of basic things that we would try. So there's these ideas, the present moment, meditation. Uh, There's a book that I recommended. And it's trying to find activities that are important to you and your lifestyle or what your lifestyle used to be. There's lots of basics in that show that we would rebuild your life, uh, restart how your life wants to look, how you see your life going and get away from this depressed mindset or depressed mood that is kind of gumming things up. So we're looking at in that show, if you haven't heard that, go back and listen to the basics of that. So there's a lot of great information in there on what you would do to sort of get back or reset your life and some basics and things that you can do to get a new perspective. It's all about getting your life back on track. And then in today's show, we'll talk about what are some ways that you would do then in session or things you would focus on in session that would advance that. So the first show is kind of a basics, get a baseline going, get your life back up and running. This show is a little bit more in depth about what the follow-on plan would be. And I want to emphasize, this is about counselors can help. I'm going to go through my philosophy to some degree, but I don't want to get too detailed in that uh, because there are ways or different methods that people use. And I don't want to poo-poo those. Those are all wonderful. Um, I have mine, but I'm trying to keep the ideas somewhat neutral so that any counselor would likely have a similar idea or something they would likely do. 
Uh, one of the things we talked about in the first show is this idea of trauma work. Likely, if you're depressed or showing these types of symptoms, it's very likely that we need to do some sort of trauma work. And don't let that scare you. We haven't had a specific show on that, and likely I will uh, down the line. But I think the idea of trauma work can scare people. That name can sound a little horrifying. Um, and we'll get more specific in that. We have talked about trauma a bit in past shows. I think it's show six. You can go back and listen to that. Really, why trauma work's important, likely in depression, is there's probably been something in your life that hasn't been dealt with properly. There's probably been a memory or an activity or something that happened a while back. Could be any number of things that is impacting your life. You think about it a lot. It does impact your life. When you think about it, you do feel sort of sad, hopeless, etc. So we would want to get at that. And so there's lots of ways to do trauma work in, in session. There are many methods to use and many techniques, and a lot of therapists use them. Um, it's not something that a therapist generally has to be super specific on, but most therapists have some kind of training or are fairly comfortable with dealing with, with trauma and trauma memories. Another idea with depression is that we're not meeting your values or living a life you want to. So there's two separate ideas there. There's certainly the one where things are not being addressed, problems are not being solved, kind of talked about that as well. If your depression is stemming from situations in your life that you feel are in place currently and you don't know how to solve them, could be a bad marriage or having a hard time in your relationships, we can help you with that. We can help you work through or, or try to figure out just what's going on there and what your options are. Sometimes it's just a matter of sitting back and just sort of taking a view of the landscape, if you will, and seeing what your options are and then figuring out how we can help you in those specific areas. So sometimes it is a bit of problem solving that goes with your life and the situations of your life, but it can be much more than that. But problem solving is certainly an area we can, we can help you with. The idea of values, I've mentioned this before, and I think I mentioned it on the anxiety show. Values are, and I don't want you to freak out about the, the term values. Some people think of this as moral values, or I have to live a certain way. I have to live the way this religion or this ideology says I have to live. When I discuss values, I mean these ideas like values, like integrity or hard work or family um, relationships, I want to be a leader in the family, things that are definable, that never end, that you want to be known as, and are important to you, and not to your father, your mother, your wife, uh, your husband, your spouse, your community, they're important to you. So it's important that they are important to you, because these are the things that you get something out of life. These are the things that help you live your life in a way that is um, more sustainable. So often I will in session talk about generally the cycle that people are stuck in when they come to therapy for the first time. This is some version of I don't want depression. Depression is high and my life is going nowhere. I am stuck, I don't see this ever ending, and I'm not getting much out of life. And what is partially causing 
this stuck feeling is the fact that there is a focus on the depression itself, the feeling itself. I don't know where this came from. I don't know how to get rid of it. I've been trying for many, many years to get rid of it. I can't get rid of this feeling. And therefore that tends to ratchet the feeling up. The feeling becomes the central focus and it becomes an unsolvable problem. And it tends to generate more and more thoughts that are depression-like thoughts, such as this is unfair. This has been going on too long. Oh, I should have done this 10 years ago. Um, What's it going to be like five years from now? You can see how that cycle of focusing on the pain focusing on the unfairness, and then inevitably that leads to something is wrong with me. I must be defective. I must be somehow not made right. Um, This will never end because I'm built wrong from the start. And you can see how that cascades into more and more thoughts of things are wrong. Things are never going to change. The idea of values steps in to say, well, wait a minute. Yes, I may be feeling pain and everything I mentioned may possibly be true. But I don't have to live with that focus in mind. Can I learn to live in accordance with my values about doing things that are important to me and focusing on that person, which may focus on things that I used to do that are important to me, goals that I had that I gave up, hobbies that I used to do that I quit doing for some reason, charities or or the type of work that I do or activities and work that I do. I've gotten away from all that because I constantly focused on the feeling. And when you chase the feeling, this is when you can start to say, well, I can't solve these problems in life, so I'm now going to try another way to chase a feeling, which then leads to drugs, alcohol, other avoidance. Avoidance is huge in this. I can't make the feeling go away, so I'm going to avoid the things that are giving me problems. When you do that, you tend to turn up the intensity of depression or the pain that you're feeling. And so this idea of values says, let's focus back on the you that you think is an important way that you want to live. And in doing so, you'll likely think about this pain and these things a little less and probably potentially start solving your problems a little more or just doing things that are just more important to you and ultimately giving you a better mood or better uh, outlook on life. So that's the idea of values. It's more than I could do on this show, but it gives you a sense of what values work is and how a therapist would help you piece that together and build a list of values for you. And each day you would try to say, how can I turn at least some of these values, maybe one, maybe two into positive and just piece together your life from that way. So again, that way is very functional oriented. It's very focused on what can we do now? And it does not focus on the past per se, which is again, another way to go about it. We can do trauma work. That doesn't mean we can't do this too. Trauma work tends to be related in the past, but this is not exclusive of that. It doesn't have to be a one or the other kind of thing. And I want to emphasize in this idea of values is it's about what's important to you and not what makes you happy necessarily. And there's a a very fine distinction there because if you say, well, I'm only going to do things that make me happy or I want to get back to what made me happy. You're back in that loop of chasing a feeling again. So, and it's not to say you can't go back to things that made you happy, but What you're trying to do is say, is this in service of a value that's important to me, something that I think is important, 
or am I just trying to be quote unquote happy? When you're chasing happy, again, you're back in this chasing a feeling and you'll likely be back trying to fight off depression once again. So the, the chase the feeling idea, really I discourage that or usually work with the person individually to see what that type of activity looked like in their life and then get them going in a new direction with the values idea that is a lot less chase the happy and chase the feeling because I think in the end, this does produce more happiness, more satisfaction, more feeling of accomplishment, which does in the end make you feel better. The difference is it is much more sustainable. It is much more something you control. The type of person you want to be is something you have much more control over, can be much more proud of. There's a lot of sustainable and buildable things along with this values idea. Okay, so we're not chasing happy. We're chasing what's important. We're chasing what is sustainable and what is meaningful to you. Okay, so I'd like to spend a little more time uh, on the values idea just to underscore a few things. One is, and I've mentioned this before, this is not suck it up. This is not an idea of just gut through it, try not to think about it, proceed forth with your life, and it'll all work out. That's not what this is. It is much more, I guess, nuanced than that. And to describe that, what I want to emphasize is if a person is sucking it up or gutting it out, say, they're really just, it just comes down to how much pain can you endure? How much tolerance do you have for the current situation? Emphasizing values over the feeling or chasing the feeling simply says, we're going to try to de-emphasize the feelings just a bit and emphasize the values just a bit more. And that gives you something concrete to lean on, something concrete to think about, something tangible that you can then repeat and control and not just be in this mode of, well, I don't feel quite right or I don't feel in a way that I feel that I should. So another way to emphasize this is often when I do this with clients, I will say, and we'll go over their values, we'll, we'll get some of their values. So an example would be someone who, let's say, is depressed and they find that during this depression, when the, when the episodes are very high, they tend to withdraw, they tend to get angry, they tend to call in sick at work and do a lot of things that when you look at their values, the values may say something like, I want to be a, a good parent, I want to be a, a family provider, a leader in the family, and I want to grow, uh, let's say, in my career, and I want to um, show my kids a good example, let's say. I don't know, something like that. So when they're in the midst of their depression and they're in the midst of pain, they may find and we'll, we'll score their values. So in your, in your worst, when this depression really has a hold of you, when these symptoms have a hold of you, how would you score on your values? And typically the answer is not very good because I'm not showing my kids a good example. I'm not parenting them well. I'm not going to work. All the things that I say I want and they're important to me, I'm currently not doing in that frame of mind. So that's a clue right there that there's something is out of whack and you can do something about that. So often what we'll do with clients is to say, well, let's try next time to do some things different when you're in the, the throes of depression. And one thing for sure you can do different is look at your set of values and figure out, okay, I'm not doing these three or four of them at all. 
how do I make maybe one of them turn positive, maybe two of them turn positive. So you're, you're acknowledging the pain, you're acknowledging that this in the past has led you down a certain avenue of behaviors. But what you're saying is, let's try to focus on something that you control and something that brings you a more uh, tangible result and something that is important to you and not just this idea of chasing a feeling or, or avoiding a bad feeling. The values way is a good way to then measure what you want to do and, and how to live your life. You can also use it as a, as a decision tool. So if a person was, say, getting ready to leave their job uh, for another job, and they may give you some reasons as to why they're going to quit their job. And if you look at the reasons and look at their values, they may soon realize that, you know what, this job that I have currently actually does not line up with my values. I'm just sort of there for the money. Therefore, I'm miserable. Therefore, things aren't going that well at work. Maybe it is a good idea to pursue something else that is more in line with my values. And yes, it will take some time perhaps and take some effort, but it's probably a good decision to go into something or maybe change what I do slightly that is more aligned with my values and something that, I'm, that I think is more important to me. So you can use that as a decision tool. If you find that, well, the decision I'm about to make is really all about trying to feel better. I'm trying to avoid this or that thing at work. Well, okay, you're gonna find a new job, but do you think that thing will follow you? Do you think that feeling will follow you wherever you go? So it may not be as simple as changing jobs that's going to actually change the outcome. You may have to address this in a different way, and that is maybe address it somehow in the work that you're already in to get the results that you want, that changing jobs in this case will not actually help. So this is how we use the values to see um, how you can actually change your life. It's how you can use values as a decision tool to take a look at what you're about to do and see if that does line up with your values and if it is a, in fact a good decision. Now we'll talk about some things in session that I do that uh, get a bit more detailed. Also in, in my sessions, and this is, I guess, gets to my specific approach is we're going to do a little bit of what's called a functional analysis and don't let those words scare you. We're just going to draw up on the board when you get depressed, in this case, what do you typically do? You know, if I were to follow you around with a camera and just watch you, on the outside, what would I see? Um, would it be that you're more angry, irritable, you do more of this? Maybe it's you pull away from people, you shut down, you stop going to work. Again, these are physical things that I could see and note. Maybe you stop talking to certain people. We'll also take a look at when you get depressed, what sorts of internal feelings are guiding your process? What's going on in your thinking? And we'll just note those on the board and make a list essentially of what's going on externally and what's going on internally, all in the name of fighting the feeling, fighting the mood. I don't like this feeling. I don't like this void that I, f I feel in. And when I have this, I tend to do the following things with somewhat of an idea that I'm going to make this go away or feel better in some way. So we would list all that and then sit back and go, does this work? Are you actually making the feeling lessen or is it just 
seem like a whole bunch of uh, dust and smoke and energy filling the room and you're never really feeling better. You're just reacting to a feeling in a way that is ultimately making more of the feeling show up. Okay, so we'll, we'll assess whether that worked. And then we will look at, well, what has this cost you over time? What does this approach to addressing your depression cost you over um, weeks, years, etc.? It could be relationships, it could be time, it could be missed opportunities, any number of things that this whole approach has cost you. We want to sort of present that all in one picture. And it's not a way to beat up on the person and say, look what you've done. You know, you've done all these things. We're just saying that it's okay to have the feeling, but it's probably what we're doing about the feeling that is causing this feeling to get worse or stick around. And so uh, we're just trying to identify what's not working. We're of one goal that you probably want to have a better life, not be so focused on this depressed symptoms, but we've got to figure out a better way to break you out. And it's important to look at the current method and see just what you're doing and just what you're sort of getting sucked into, maybe unknowingly or unwillingly, but this is a pattern you've been in. And is this working? It's likely not working. What is this costing you? You need to be able to see that all in one picture because we've got to figure out what to do differently. And once you put that all on the board, you can see that okay, I do all these things. Well, what could I do different? What is, what is not this that is uh, likely to have a different outcome? Well, it could be as simple as I need to open up. I need to connect with my partner more. I need to find you know, something different. We can build that in session. We can find sort of a different playlist to do when you get depressed. This can be a very easy and simple playlist. It doesn't mean it's going to be necessarily easy to do well at the start because obviously you're doing something new. This is where a counselor helps you build that new thing to do. There's lots of ways to build this new thing. It just depends on how the person wants to go about doing it. But there are many ways to attack this. And ultimately, you can leave the session with a plan. Hey, when I have this, I'm going to do this differently. How do I know? that I'm depressed? What am I doing specifically? What, what is that feeling like? How do I know when I'm going down this road and how do I do something different? This is a very important thing because to this point, the person has likely been very much focused on the feeling and how to make the feeling go away. And they've really not put much thought into, well, what am I doing with the feeling? What, what happens after the feeling shows up and how likely is that, that that is in fact contributing to the feeling being there even more, more focus on the feeling, more activities that tend to promote the feeling tends to lead to things that don't work. And so this idea is saying, well, let's do something different. Let's try to find something different that puts the person in a different mindset, gets them focusing on something that's more important to them, that is more valuable to them and stop thinking about the feeling and give that a little space, allow that feeling to be there, but we're not there to fight the feeling. We're there to make life richer again and get back to a more meaningful life that the person probably intended to live uh, all along, and they just got off track from that. Okay, so that's a, a, a great way of at least, again, starting on how to rebuild your life and ways to think about what you're doing that is separate from trauma work. So you've got these two things can be done hand in hand. And, you know, over time, you can focus on one or the other that you think is more important. So 
Uh, they're very important tools to help with depression and many other things for that matter. I mean, all this sounds like a pretty typical way that I approach all therapy, quite honestly. And just the, the feelings that you're fighting are, are different for everyone. But really, we're kind of trying to get to the same idea. So that's why I like this approach, because it's generally the similar approach for many, many problems. And then it's just, in the end, refining the specific things that the person is dealing with and trying to come up with uh, or problem solve for those specific things that each person has in their life. What I want to talk to now is maybe to folks who are listening to this and thinking, this is all a bit too much about behavior. It's not enough about feelings. It's not enough about what got me to this depression. And it's too much on I can control my surroundings and everything around me. And I would like to, I guess, push back on that idea. There is a lot of behavior or behaviorism factors or, or ideas in a lot of what I'm talking about. That's certainly valid. Um, what I'm trying to do is, is a mixture of values and behavior. But it is fair to say there's, a, there's a, a fair amount of that. Also mixed in with the ideas that I'm talking about is the present moment. Focusing on the present, trying to stay in the current moment and not get caught up in the past or the future. Ultimately, this idea is surrounded by um, a belief that depression in itself is not a disease that is just like you caught something like a virus or something like that. It's, that depression is more a set of circumstances. And we want to find a way for you to work your way out of the circumstances. We want to find a way for you to find a different way to react to circumstances, give you better tools, which ultimately leads to a better outcome. What I'm trying to do with this idea and discussing depression in this way is to, to treat it like a blend of solutions. And ultimately, it's a really like driving a car analogy. And so think of your life as driving a car, trying to get from point A to point B. That's part of what you do, just like your life is. This is grounded in what's called acceptance and commitment therapy. We are not going to do a set reaction or protocol based on a syndrome or so-called syndrome of depression. We want to address what's going on. We want to reduce avoidance and increase your engagement with the problem and also increase your flexibility in how you see depression and how you react to it. There are other therapies and ACT is certainly what I've been promoting on this show and that's what makes sense to me and what I find successful but I want to be consistent on this show and that is to say there are many ways that counselors can do this and they can follow a slightly different path. That's certainly okay. I'm not going to argue with them on that. They may differ in this or that way but ultimately, a lot of these sorts of ideas are there. They may just look slightly different from therapist to therapist. What we're trying to do in the car story is to say, well, if your life is down to, if you were driving a car, say, that had no windshield wipers, no headlights, anti-skid brakes, all the modern technology that makes driving a car safer in these hard environments, that's what we're trying to do ultimately to a person. We're trying to give you more things and more tools so that you can drive that car in bad weather. You can drive that car at night. You are comfortable in certain situations out on the freeway where there's other cars around you, add safety features, add impact features. We're trying to make it so that you can operate in that environment more successfully. We're doing the same thing essentially in therapy. We're trying to give a person the tools and 
the safety features and the the headlights, if you will, the windshield wipers, if you will, so they can drive in rain, so they can meet people that are, let's say, not pleasant folk. Therapy is can be thought of as an exercise in beefing the car up. Also thinking about how to handle your own emotion. We don't want you limited to, well, I can't drive in bad weather. I can't drive. I can only drive during the day. I can only drive if there's no one on the road. I mean, you're limiting your life very much. Yes, you can avoid bad situations on the road by taking these dances, but it's not going to get you very far. You're not going to get to drive very far. You're not going to get to go many places. And so we want to make it so that you can survive those environments, so that you can survive an environment of a person who is disagreeable, survive an environment of bad memories of things that happened in the past. We want to make you more resilient, make you more flexible, and make it so that in the future, these types of things don't impact you to the extent where you don't go anywhere. So you don't take that car out, you don't leave your house, and you just sit and avoid what the car could bring. We don't want the car sitting in the garage. We want you in your car going places and being confident that you can do that, meeting up with different environments and different problems and having the strength to do so. So that's why this idea of depression is so focused in many ways on behavior and what you can do because we're trying to make the client um, more resilient, more flexible, and able to handle more and more things and not be limited by I can't do this or I won't go there or I have to avoid this or that or this person or this is unfair, I have no say in my life. We're trying to build a set of behaviors that ultimately works better for you and if it's uh, other folks, um, other people in your life that are impacting how you're feeling, we're gonna work with you to try to come up with some solutions to minimize that as well. So it's not just one set of things, it's not just one set of ideas. There's many ways to go about this, but we're trying to make you stronger, more resilient, and ultimately give you more options to solve the problems that you have and not avoid them. So I hope that uh, makes sense as to why we're going about it the way we're, we're going. Some people may be okay with other people driving them the rest of their life. Some people may be okay with just staying in the house. That's their choice. That's what they want to do. But I'm assuming that you, the client, do not want that. And we would talk about that. We would say, well, what kind of life do you want to have? How much strength do you want to have? How can we build this into something that is a life that is worth living? So um, it's all about the client. It's all about trying to come up with solutions here. And there is no one simple way to do that all in one swoop, but it does take effort. You know, the last car analogy here is you know, we're trying to build, like I said, give you windshield wipers and brakes and lights and all that stuff so you can drive your car. Well, in the case of therapy, one kind of inconvenient thing is that we can't fix it for you. We're kind of like the the car mechanic who you take your car to. You can't just drop the car off and I say, well, I'm going to leave my credit card. Call me when it's done. No, you have to be the one working on the car. I, I can give you Hence, I can give you um, direction, I can give you techniques, but ultimately you have to do the work. So it's about you fixing your own car, as it were, in this story, but we're there to help. We're not going to abandon you. We're not going to uh, get you in over your head. We're not going to have you do things that are just not possible. But ultimately, you have to do the work yourself and we are there to help you and we're glad to be there helping you we would love to see you succeed and and make that car 
more worth taking out on the road and you being more comfortable with that. So I know it's kind of a colorful analogy there. It's a, a bit of a, a story how a car relates to this, but um, ultimately it's about trying to explain why we're doing the things we're doing and hopefully that makes sense to you. Okay, speaking of specific things that people have in their life, one generally large component of what's making them depressed or sad or miserable is some kind of conflict. Um, relationship conflict, work conflict, family conflict, you name it, there's conflict in there and that is adding up to a sum total of this isn't working, my life isn't the, what I expected it to be, this person's getting in my way or I'm fighting with this person all the time. I don't know how to fix this relationship thing and obviously that person most likely isn't in the room. I mean, if they are in the room, that's great. That could look like couples therapy, family therapy. Those are great venues to work out this kind of stuff and try to figure out, well, how do we get through life fighting less and getting more out of it and being happier? If you can have everyone in the room that is part of that circle, well, that's wonderful. That's a great therapeutic process. And if you can convince everyone to go to that venue, that's a great start. Usually people don't start there. They wind up starting in some sort of individual therapy just because it's just too hard to corral everybody. And you also, as an individual, don't really know what you're dealing with and what's available to you to solve it. So you go to your therapist individually and you sort of lay out you know, what's going on. That's a very typical and very normal way for people to start therapy. That's how family therapy tends to start is one person, usually one of the adults, is going to a therapist Somebody is trying to figure out how to change the situation somehow or get help somehow, and they just don't know how to do that. So there are ways to help you with that. And so the exciting thing about what's coming up here in the show is we're going to deal with that a lot going forward. It is the vision of the show here to bring back Liza. She is, or you may have heard her in some of the earlier shows. She's a great guest to have on the show, a lot of experience in family and couples therapy. And since this is sort of right down that alley, she'll be back with the show and we'll be discussing, not just discussing, in fact, um, play acting, um, getting into specifics about what people face, actual tools you can do to help with uh, what you face and the problems you have to solve and relationship arguments that you get into. Um, um, help with what can the therapist do in the room? What will we help you with in the room? Ultimately give you tools start to finish on how to resolve conflict. And this can be conflict with your child, your spouse, like I said, your friend, coworker, neighbor, whatever's really bothering you and seems like this shouldn't be this way. Uh, there are ways to resolve that and you don't have to have everyone in the room. There are many things you can do to sort of change your approach and that may seem a little mind-blowing but that is possible and that's what we're going to intend to show in the upcoming shows and, and very much dive deeply into how to relate or problem solve with other people and and sometimes the problem isn't something that's sort of logical I mean, many times in couples um, or what I see mostly individually is they come in and they say, I don't know how to resolve things with my spouse. They are very emotional. They seem to react to everything. 
I don't know what to do. I, we can't solve problems because it turns into these giant emotional events. Yet again, another way we can help out. That is something you can address and it has to do with how you approach the situation and giving you tools to see things in a slightly different way. So that happens a lot and that can be, again, the source of many people's depression or depression symptoms is this relationship has just gotten way off the rails and I don't know how to sort of bring it back on. So we're going to discuss numerous, like I said, Ideally, you'll come away with a start to finish. How would I go about dealing with this pattern? What could I do? What conversations could we have? When could I have those conversations? And for therapists, how this could be addressed either individually or if the people are in the room, how would you handle that? So I think there's a lot there that we can talk about and it gives people, hopefully you the listener, ideas and things that are specific to your life and not these giant concepts such as depression or anxiety or trauma or whatever. Yes, those are important things and there are they are things that people do experience. But in those elements of pain, likely there's relationship things that this is also getting in the way of or causing problems with and we want to be able to help you solve those. So that is going to be a major part of the show going forward and really hope that you stay tuned for that um, in the coming uh, weeks and months because we're going to get very much down that road of relationships and, and different theories and how to see it and hopefully you can apply that. Really, again, this is a giant commercial for come into therapy. I mean, you can see and hopefully you will hear that these tools are available and you may not necessarily be clear on how you would use that tool specifically in your situation. That's okay. Come into a therapist and say, hey, I've heard these ideas. I'm interested in solving this relationship issue. How would I go about doing that? Can you please help me give me some tools on on how that would happen uh, with my relationship with my child, say. So that's the direction we're going here for a little while. We'll still have some other subject matters pop in on the show, but you will start to hear more and more interview type shows. And like I said, we're going to make it entertaining, have some play acting in there. So stay tuned for that and other great ideas. Uh, We'll see you then. Our mission is to spread the word that counselors can help. We want to teach you how to get started and get the most out of therapy. We encourage you to reach out to a professional in your area to help yourself through a loved one. Thank you to Kelsey Fink, our production assistant and chief of technology and social media. Thanks to Aspire Counseling at AspireUT.com for their support. If you want to know more about how counselors can help, go to counselorscanhelp.com. We have lots of resources, information, and we update it all the time. We'll see you next time on Counselors Can Help, a production of Merge Publishing.